0: Welcome to the 7th Major Race 27 recap episode of the Our Team Number podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me, as always, is the Canadian who we'd love to send on an 89 minutes cup massage, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. You can tweet us, as always, using the hashtag Yatincast or email us at Yatincast at gmail.com. So another fun episode, and, may I point out, podcast
1: 99. 99. Jesus. So, we, we, lost a, we lost a great team today. Lost the most captivating and entertaining team we've had all season. Massive loss for the season this week.
0: <laughs> In other words, probably the most boring
1: team of the season. I feel bad, like... It's funny that with Chack Attack, they nicknamed themselves Chack Attack, when they had the most passive interactions and discussions back and forth with each other all season. Like, there was no semblance of any sort of attacking happening whatsoever.
0: I had such high hopes for them preseason. I thought they were going to feud and fight and end up getting divorced. And no, it's just so passive. Yeah, a massive disappointment.
1: Even in their elimination episode, I mean, it's just crazy things happen to them, but the way they respond to it. Wasn't was like how normal people would react to it, that situation.
0: I get that they had to show Cindy and Rick because it was their elimination episode, but did we really need to see two minutes of them sitting at a bus stop?
1: You know what would have been more entertaining is if they were playing the improv game bus stop at the bus stop, and they were and Cindy would win trying to find a way to get Rick away from the bus stop, which is the goal of the game. Rick didn't want to leave. Didn't want to leave the bus stop. I want to go find the tram. But okay, we'll wait for the bus. Cindy, stop sulking. Rick wanted to, you know, Rick wanted to uh, wait for the bus and I wanted to get on the tram. I don't think we're in the lead anymore. And that's all it is for like, you know, two or three minutes of the episode with them. Besides uh, Rick attempting duck lips uh, three years after the fad is already over. Yeah, he had some lip fillers <laughs> done in, uh, in the Netherlands. His, his lips looked like my lip after eating a bag of microwave popcorn one time. Although I think my lips might have been bigger because I have naturally big lips. So he was really trying to join me in the Steven Tyler club.
0: We're learning new things about you every podcast, Logan. You have naturally big lips. Yep. <laughs> So, previously, seven teams leaped in Africa and flew in France, where tensions rose between Justin and Diana. Teams chose between creating a fish platter and dropping some French wrap, while Logan and Chris feared the worst after they were left behind. Justin and Diana won yet another leg, but got absolutely nothing because it was another keep on racing. And Denise and James Earl fell to the back of the pack, thanks to the rap, and were still in the race course when the episode ended. And worst cliffhanger of all time, because it was fixed like, straight away.
1: So 10 seconds, I think, and Denise and James Earl <laughs> got the rap finished, one attempt later. <laughs> yeah, 18 attempts exactly in the end. <laughs> they showed the first 17 from the previous episode, so it's the very next one that they get right. That, was, that has to be just the most pointless cliffhanger, I think, that The Amazing Race has done. Yeah. Are Denise and James Earl going to succeed at this detour? Tune in next week to find out. Okay, they they succeeded. Now we move on. Are we
0: going to leave one team out in the race course in a completely different country?
1: No. No. Really easy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the editors are having fun with that, trying to build it up as this big moment of suspense. In fact, both cliffhangers have involved uh, someone involved in Easton James' Because The last cliffhanger we got was, who are Josh and Tanner going to give the express pass to? That has to be used by the next episode. Oh, they easily give it up to Denise and James Earl, they use it, and everyone has a good time.
0: Yep, basically. And Justin and Diana get to leave on an earlier train, because all the teams are booked on the 722 train from Paris to Rotterdam.
1: Tomato, tomato, Amsterdam, Rotterdam. Yeah,
0: here's a hint, Cindy and Rick, probably would have been a good idea to go there. But Justin and Diana manage to get standing room only on a 419 train. Cassie and Joey leave at 453. Cindy and Rick and uh, Tiffany and Chris leave at 5.16, and then Tanner and Josh, Logan and Chris, and Denise and James Earl leave at the original booked time of 7.22. Because Tanner and Josh decide, you know what, let's
1: sightsee. We're not in a race. They eat grapes. <laughs> I can't imagine a more Texan thing than going into, like, some French pancake house and eating grapes. <laughs> and French beer, they said. That, see, that's the Texan part. Crepes K- not so much, but French beer, yes. <laughs>
0: I know I've said this in previous podcasts, but it is blatantly obvious that Tanner and Josh have no idea what The Amazing Race is and had no idea what The Amazing Race was before they started.
1: That's what you get for recruiting them off of Facebook, I guess.
0: At least they weren't recruited off
1: Tinder. Yes. S-
0: seriously, who thinks, hmm, I know, let's start a leg of the race by going sightseeing. Unless you're Suki and Jinder, who did it for about two minutes because it was Jinder's birthday. That's the only time in recent memory I can think
1: of. Uh, Wasn't What was the other time? I feel like there was one time where a team really went off course and ended up completely screwing them over. Oh, Masonry 6. It's when they were uh, going up Stockholm Tower and, and they thought it didn't open for another three or four hours. So then Chris and John, it was the only time where they trailed all season long because they waited until the absolute last moment to when they thought it was going to open. But apparently it opened three hours earlier just to the teams, and they ended up in last place for about ten minutes, and they were back into being front runners for the rest of the season.
0: And doing it in such an enigmatic fashion. Yeah. And once teams get to Rotterdam, they got to find Vessel 11 uh, to find the next clue, which is an hours of operation uh, where the first team will leave at 5 a.m., and every team after that will leave 15 minutes later, all the way to 6.30 for the final team.
1: You, you know what, Cindy Rick? Did you know in France that they call Vessel 11... Vessel Ons.
0: I thought they called it be- Vessel Doos.
1: No, that's, isn't that 12?
0: Yeah, it's just the French name for it, remember? <laughs> At least you got to see a bit of Cindy and Rick before they sod off.
1: Yeah, like, it's. I mean, they're nice enough people and all. It's just that in terms of the race, I'm guessing maybe they did more stuff off camera that we didn't get to see. But on camera and the whole overall story arc of the season, in the words of Martha Stewart, they just didn't fit in.
0: From what I've heard, they really didn't do much else.
1: I feel bad for them. Like, they had this golden opportunity, and then they just race it like a normal person would. You don't do that on TV.
0: Uh, So it's Justin and Dana who leave at 5 o'clock, with Tiffany and Krista at 5.15, Cindy and Rick at 5.30, Kelsey and Joe at 5.45, Tanner and Josh at 6, Logan and Chris at 6.15, and Denise and James Earl at 6.30. And overnight, Rick gets a nasty mosquito bite. Frowny face. Although Rick wouldn't have been able to frown, so, you know. Whatever, and once teams leave, they have to take a water taxi from Kap Van Zuid to the Kinderdijk windmill village to search for the next clue. I
1: think one of our amusing parts of the episode is Chris being <laughs> yes. corrected on the name of the place because it, it's it's cause, well he was trying to pronounce it as Vanderdick, and uh, the taxi driver was saying no 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 it's not Vanderdick, it, it's Vanderdyke, and I'm thinking that's not any better. <laughs> no 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 what, what
0: what Chris actually said was we're going to the Kinder Dick of Windville village.
1: Oh yeah, Kinder Kinder Dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh Chris, if oh. you shouted Kinder Dick in the US you would get arrested. Or in Germany for that matter.
1: I think you'd also get arrested for saying Kinder Dicht as well. Just putting that out there. But oh man, that was totally that must have been super uncomfortable in the taxi.
0: Imagine being the taxi driver and having a horse American behind you, just saying, "We're off to the Kinder Dick Windmill
1: Village." Can you take us there, Rapido? Poor, poor Chris. He's gonna. He's he gets a hard, hard enough time from anybody. Uh, from the viewers this season.
0: I know preseason. I wasn't particularly hot on this cast, but I do quite like a lot of them now. Obviously, I love Justin and Diana because I've loved them since. I found out about them. I love Denise and James Earl, both of them. I love Logan and Chris, and it looks like they're going to fight again next week, which is awesome. I love Kelsey and Joey, because we saw a lot more of them this week.
1: They seem like the only quite fun team, people. The only team I've disliked at all this season is TMZ, or TMZ, rather. And considering they went out first, well, that's, a, that's a really good sign. I know a lot of people online aren't gravitating towards any of the teams, because... I wonder if it's because there's too many ordinary people for once in the cast that that are just have regular professions and all that the audience can't find a pre-made reality TV star to gravitate towards or the stereotypical uh, Southern person edit that tends to be really popular in that demographic. So, yeah, I'm curious if that's why there's a lot of viewers saying, oh, I, can't, I don't like anybody in this cast or I'm not rooting for anybody. Well, for all those idiots...
0: Probably in the next week we'll find out who the cast to Amazing Race 28 is, and you'll be regretting that opinion, because it'll probably be a gimmicky season again.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah,
0: because I saw on Mike and Rose Facebooks and Haley's Facebooks this morning that they'd posted pictures saying, today was the day one year ago that we departed for Amazing Race 26. So yeah, it's probably going to be any day
1: now that we see an LA start line again
0: and find out where the hell they're going.
1: Yeah, Reality Fan Forum, I'm sure, will be all over that. We won't be covering it on this podcast in the next few weeks, but if you're interested in leaks and knowing what teams are cast even before the season starts to air, uh, Reality Fan Forum would be the place to be.
0: They have already got their uh, their forum up for it. No? They, they've not got any posts in it yet, but
1: they have already got their forum up. I see. You know what was really upsetting about this episode? No intro again. Three times. Three times. Also, do you think
0: that um, this leg might have been a last-minute replacement? Because it is very rare for Tar to do two seasons on the trot in the same country. So I'm suspecting it might have been a last-minute replacement of some description.
1: I don't know, because they went, to the, they went to the Hog, or the Hagu, as Joey and Kelsey would say. <laughs> so I feel like that place would have some sort of advanced planning beforehand, as well as the... That whole cheerleading crowd, that was the uh, 30 or 40 people. I'm guessing they were all amazing race fans that found out the location, the pit stop earlier. But that whole group already congregating there. It seemed like this leg like, was fairly pre-planned.
0: Well, that was on the 4th of July as well, because um, Phil posted a picture on Instagram, I think it was. It was either Instagram or Twitter, on the 4th of July saying, Happy Independence Day from The Hague so everyone knew it was going to be in the Hague.
1: Oh, so they really wanted the fans just to be out there helping the, promote the season during the, well, during the off-season, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I just get the If that fact. doesn't
1: confuse you at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just get the feeling that this might have been a bit of a last-minute replacement just because it's so rare for them to do two, like, oh, two seasons on the trot where uh, they're in the same country.
1: Yeah. Or maybe the round was supposed to be in Amsterdam, but then they got confused and realised, oh no, it's in Rotterdam that we wanted. Let's make the last minute switch.
0: So once teams get to the Kinder Dyke windmill village, uh, it's the roadblock, which is who wants to pick the sunflowers. And in this roadblock, one team must search amongst the windmills for an exact replica of Van Gogh's sunflowers painting to receive the next clue. And it's Krista, Rick, Diana, Joey, Tanner, Logan, and Denise doing the roadblock. It's nice to see Denise doing a roadblock again. It is. Yeah, it's, it's a 3-4 split now, finally. Is there anything to actually say about this one? Apart from the fact uh, that people kept doing it in three attempts.
1: Match up, Try to match up a painting. People screw up either zero once or two times, and then they get it. And then we get to the Fitbit part, which involved Texans trying to do math, and Tiffany and Carista look like they're doing long division on a piece of paper trying to figure out their total as well. Yep.
0: Uh, so Joey is the first to leave, because he stormed it. Uh, with Rick in second, Christian in third, Diana in fourth, Tanner in fifth, Denise in sixth, and Logan in last. And teams have to now subtract their heart rate for the red Block from the highest heart rate last round, uh, pick up that number of tulips, and hand them to the Spackenberger Maisha to receive their next claim. And Maya finds out that the Dutch for girl is Maisha. Oh. M E I S J E. I see. language is helpful.
1: <laughs> yes. Linguistics for the win. Um. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised at the Van Gogh task, with them matching up the sun, sunflower paintings and all. And did you know that they had a, a cornfield there as well, near the Van Gogh paintings? And there there was an ear of corn of corn missing. Did you notice that, Michael? I did not, know. But, yeah, the ear of corn was uh, missing right by the Van Gogh uh, painting. This is what we keep you for.
0: You know what is super interesting... Watching Cindy and Rick, at a both stop arguing, but really sort of quietly and not actually making any
1: impact whatsoever. It's kind of funny that the, the reason why they got the lead in the first place heading into the roadblock is because they took a taxi and the other and the cheerleaders and Justin Diana decided to run to the roadblock and and then the reason why they fall behind is because they choose to take the slowest form of transportation possible to save money. So it's like they wasted everything on taking this taxi, and they're like, oh no, now we're going to go the really safe route and go with the bus to the tram to the to the route marker. But
0: seriously, if we would have had like Logan and Chris do that, that would have been hilarious, because they would have just oh, been if they were waiting at, at each other.
1: The 30 minutes at the bus stop would be very, that that would be highlight worthy for the season, I think. Or if you had like even Taryn Will or Charlotte Mirna like bickering at the at the bus stop there. Well, Cindy and Rick, it's just like, oh, uh, Rick, I, I don't like that we're waiting at the bus stop. And then Rick's like, Cindy, you know, stop sulking. We'll, we'll get there eventually. B- you know, be an optimist like me. Okay, Rick, but I, I don't agree with the decision.
0: I actually think the best case scenario for the season is if uh, Tanner and Josh go next, because they really aren't adding that much, especially if they, they get U-turned out of the race. If we have Logan and Chris fighting all the way to the end, if we have Justin and Dana who are getting a bit bickery, although, you know, they're not as bad as Logan and Chris for that, Kelsey and Joey are just sort of in the background making alliances with everyone, so they're going to be safe.
1: I only want Tanner and Josh to stick around to the end if they have to do more simple math. It's funny that it took them, what, five or six guesses on a piece of paper written out to figure out their total?
0: What would have been funnier is if they would have won the round and then Phil would have made them do the maths to work out how much money they were getting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you did 17,000 steps and you did 14,000. How many steps did you do total? It's tw- 21. 21,000,
0: 23, 24,000, Twenty five. Twenty five. Nope. <laughs> uh, so once teams complete this simple maths... It's not hard. They have to take a water taxi to the Nolay distillery to search for the next clue. And they point out that the Fitbit task last season was way harder than that.
1: Yeah, this was really easy. Like before, they had to add a bunch of numbers to, uh, didn't they have to? Wasn't it over the course of several legs? Or how did the one go again? It was—I know—it was like five or six different numbers thrown together.
0: Yeah, it was working out at how many steps they would need to take to um, burn off a glass of sugarcane juice.
1: Yeah, like that sounds like pretty heavy-duty stuff that only Maria and Tiffany could figure out.
0: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna who them, man. Hey,
1: but here it's like you know, here's a three-digit number. That's only a little over 100. And here's another three-digit number, or possibly a higher two-digit number. Subtract them, and there you go. Good job.
0: (laughs) Gold sticky stars all around.
1: This time, it's real.
0: And at the distillery, they get the detour clue, which is ship or skip. And in ship, teams must take part in a simulation of Rotterdam's busy harbour in a storm and pilot a ship to two other ships in less than five minutes to receive the next clue. And in skip, teams must perform a clapping routine while doing double dutch.
1: Maybe the worst
0: pun has ever done.
1: They had manila paper two seasons ago
0: in the Philippines. And they got to skip for 45 seconds to receive their next clue.
1: I'm surprised that in the ship task that they left out the part where after you make the two deliveries and you get the clue, then Somali pirates board your ship and take it over.
0: Yeah, I mean, Rotterdam's Harbour looks pretty sedate to me given that I was in Singapore a couple of weeks ago, which is the busiest uh, shipping port in the world. So, you know, that's that's a pretty sedate task. Do that in Singapore and I'll be impressed.
1: Yes. And now I'm picturing Jesson as Captain Phillips. I know how he'd be able to handle that role.
0: Yeah, it was, it was interesting to see with the ship task who was taking the role of the captain and who wasn't. Because obviously Denise was the boss.
1: Yes. And she could not be more excited about doing that task. It's like they're. (laughs) It's funny because this was essentially a video game task, which does not translate well at all on television. But with her, she made it seem exciting by her interview saying, It was like we were being capsized. It's like we were going sideways and the other way. And then. And then ways Oh my god, this water's getting everywhere on the ship. I don't know if we're gonna make it. It was crazy. Denise is such a star. She's glorious. And then you compare it to something like Joey and Kelsey, where it's like. Yep, took us a few tries, but we got it. Team Green passed us. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like Joey and Kelsey a lot more than the three of you do when Ben and Michelle join us.
1: Yeah, like, they're really nice people and hilarious to talk to online. But in terms of the episodes, other than the,
0: the, and the way isn't...
1: they move their hands during the wrap and where their hands apparently go to find cracks on statues. I like your grills. I like, yeah. <laughs> Can I have your grills? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm about to take a pay cut as a TV reporter. We're going to be making only $10,000 a year. Can I please have your grills? Can you do it as a rental? You can just... I promise I'll wash it out afterwards and I'll blow on it.
0: (laughs) I cringed at that when I saw that scene. I
1: like your grills.
0: Um, But yeah, the editors obviously aren't that enthusiastic with them because they're not giving as much with them.
1: They're definitely, uh, because after this point, I don't know anything that happens about the season because I don't think I really see anything in the previews. But now that we can talk about winners edits, I think Joey and Kelsey have a very strong winners edit uh, right now.
0: Ben said this a couple of weeks. I am... As of this week, I'm officially unspoiled now because, as I did mention in the preview, some arsehole on Reddit posted a picture of... I can actually say this now. Some arsehole posted a picture of Josh off of Tanner and uh, Tiffany off of Krista in Krakow that one of their friends had taken, but they didn't put a spoiler tag on it. So I looked at it and went, oh no, I've just been spoiled, and then found out where Krakow was in the order and went, like, hey, you bastards for putting that up. You just got red, I did. Yeah, basically. So, if anyone from Reddit is listening, please, if you have something like that, don't forget to put the spoiler tags on, because I'm going to be very annoyed at you.
1: Well, according to Reddit, there's no such thing as a winner's edit. Yeah, they're wrong.
0: <laughs> Last season wasn't as obvious as the season before, but, you know, the winner's edit is definitely a thing. We we picked it out from Leg 5 in Season 25, may I point out. And got kudos on Reddit for that.
1: Fact. So... That detour, yeah, the ship detour, other than Denise, wasn't very exciting to watch.
0: No, whilst video games are awesome, and we actually need to get back to playing Splatoon against each other fairly
1: soon. With Mike and
0: Rochelle. Oh yeah, with with Mike and the Splat Widow. Yeah, whilst video games are awesome, they don't really translate to television that well.
1: The thing is though, it has to be a video, for the audience to identify with you playing the video game, Like, there's majorly gaming is televised and gets a lot of viewers, from what I recall. But to get those viewers to watch somebody play a video game, especially on Twitch, which, you know, is a ginormous website now. Like, people spend hours and hours watching people play video games. It has to be a video game that people either have played or understand very well. And a random electronic uh, shipping simulator in the middle of the Netherlands... Does not meet either of those criteria. Like if they were playing, say, Donkey Kong Country 2, the audience would be like, "Oh man, I can really follow what's going on and recognize the levels and figure out what people are doing wrong." But since it's some random shipping simulator, nobody nobody cares what's going on. It's like, oh, "Okay, I'll just I'll just uh, I'll just assume that you know Diana couldn't point out the one ship in time and that she uh, sank them uh, for the first attempt."
0: If someone was Watching me play Cooper Cape on Mario Kart Wii, for example, that would be quite interesting for them.
1: Yeah, because you would just slaughter the course, and then people can watch me play Phoenix Wright and see my great deductive uh, logic skills.
0: Yeah, every other Mario Kart course I keep losing on, but you know, Cooper Cape is my jam.
1: Or watch me play Earthbound. That's also fun. I'll even do, I'll even imitate the do my own voice commentary. Ugh, Ness. Ness is such
0: a crap character on Smash Bros.
1: Hey, you you leave his you leave his Smash Brothers adaptation out of this.
0: I hate Ness, and I hate
1: uh, Lucas as well. Maybe you just don't like kids in general, Michael. Or teenagers.
0: They're just such irritating characters on Smash Bros.
1: <laughs> and is it the most Star Wars-y thing, other than, well, the Amazing Race 16 finale, but isn't it the most Star Wars-y thing that the ship simulator took took place in a location called the Millennium Tower?
0: Yeah, I was thinking of that. And we will get to this with Tiffany and Crystal leaving the detail first, but the reason that they didn't win the leg is because... That detour was so far away from everywhere else.
1: Yeah, apparently, even though they left it in first, uh, Ben did research on this, and I guess uh, the ship detour was only 300 metres away from the train station, while uh, the double dutch was about three kilometres. Yeah, it was quite away. Which means, considering Krista did the roadblock, I imagine her step count must have been extremely high. Yeah, if they would have won the leg, they would have won a lot of money. Yeah, and I mean, her legs already burned burned out uh, after her, the first attempt on the double dutch.
0: Like yeah. she could
1: have held it the whole time. Her legs were just just too done.
0: I mean, obviously, as a pair of gamers, we would be going for the shipping detour, but I would never, ever, ever, ever touch that uh, that skipping detour because I have no coordination whatsoever.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and after my Halloween after a Halloween party I went to uh, last week. Oh, apparently my coordination can be quite atrocious as well.
0: (laughs) I have a feeling there might be a story there.
1: There is. But not for this podcast. (laughs) I fell on the floor. But anyways. uh... (laughs) Yeah, the skipping detour was way easier if you
0: are actually reasonably coordinated. I am not.
1: They should have had the Missy Elliott music playing while they were doing the double dutch. Just saying.
0: They only had to do it for 45 seconds as well.
1: Yeah, and the shipping detour looked like there was about... 20 minutes of instruction before going into doing the five-minute simulator, then you had to wait for the next team to go before uh, attempting it again. So the double dutch, I think you could just be like, oh, they probably just taught you the routine for the 45 seconds, which apparently was just 45 seconds of patty cake while hopping above the ropes. And that, that was it, I guess.
0: Also, with my height, you would have to swing those ropes quite high.
1: Yeah, that would just drain the Dutch arms, you know. I'm I'm sure you're taller than a huge portion of the Dutch population. I'm not sure, actually.
0: Fun fact, Holland is actually the tallest nation in Europe. Really?
1: They are really, really, tall. All the speed skaters? All the the long track speed skaters?
0: Yeah, they're really, really tall, Holland, generally.
1: Well, yeah, because they have to use the power stride in their legs and all, so that makes sense. So maybe you're secretly Dutch, Michael, and you just don't know it.
0: It's quite a high proportion of, of Dutch people are over six foot, actually.
1: The mix of double Dutch, they're that more impressive because everybody has to swing high. Like it was Charlen if it was, say, you know, Alex and Adam doing this uh, doing this detour, you know, they'd be like, well, what the hell are we doing? Are we swinging the rope this high for? This seems a bit excessive. Tiffany's a lot taller than um, than Krista.
0: Krista's like 5'1", I think she said before. The average height of... Um, of people in the Netherlands, according to Google, is for guys six foot one, and for uh, girls five six.
1: Wow! So I'm taller. I mean, I mean, I'm shorter than the average male in the Netherlands. So I'm I'm five eleven and a half.
0: They are very very tall.
1: Huh? It'd Be a probably decent place to find clothes that fit me. I guess uh, every every uh, you know every clothing store would be suited to me. Only the women's clothes, though. You short ass. All of my siblings are around like five five and five six and five four, so they they would fit. They would have to go into the women's department there.
0: Also, one thing I will say that this season has going for it: we've seen quite a lot of custom graphics this season. It's something I complained about last season, where Canada was kicking their ass, but we got the radar clock this time, which is quite cool.
1: Yeah, it was. At least they're willing to spend the money on that. They, I mean, we have seven lakes in a row that haven't been self-drive whatsoever, but at least we get the graphic. To go back to your point earlier, Michael, about how it would have been much more interesting if Logan and Chris had to wait at the bus stop there and argue with each other for half an hour. Uh, when the cheerleaders and Team Texas were on the tram together or whatever, whatever they're taking at the time, they didn't make the joke that if, uh, that if Chris had been bitten on the lip by the mosquito instead, that it would have been hilarious. So even to them, they know that if that Rick getting bit on the lip was probably the least exciting and entertaining uh, uh, possibility if one were to be bitten on the lip by a mosquito. Logan. <laughs> and Logan's really good at pronouncing all the places and knowing where they are geographically compared to you know, the whole Rotterdam and Amsterdam thing with sending Rick or uh or cheerleaders going from are we in Germany to just having no clue whatsoever? And then Logan correcting uh Chris multiple times. So I think that the the hundred and thirty five dollars set that that she didn't donate to the orphanage really helped out with uh being able to put it money into uh these linguistic lessons for her and really be on top of things.
0: I seem to remember from her bio, she's fairly well-travelled, actually.
1: But yeah, it's, it's nice to see one
0: person who, you know, can actually pronounce places, especially when when we're in the European bit where I speak a few of the languages, or passively speak French and know a bit of Dutch. So just, it doesn't annoy me as much as last week when we get, like, the Hargoo, which is quite, pretty funny. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's a, that's a, you know, that's an international crime in and of itself, you know. Joe and Kelsey are going to be tried at the ICC for that alone.
0: Even funnier, they're news anchors. News anchors generally pride themselves on being able to pronounce places.
1: Yes, which is what they discussed earlier in the season, so to go from that to calling it the Hague, which is a very Brandy Roderick thing no uh, pronunciation, uh... Yeah, it's pretty hilarious.
0: Yeah, for the record, I still love you guys, but seriously, Hagu,
1: <laughs> Mister Hagu, the the semi-blind uh, uh, court judge at the ICC.
0: Yeah, Hagu does sound like either an ice cream or a kids' TV show.
1: Oh, now I'm picturing Mister Hagu and all of his crazy adventures. You know, tracking down Nazi war criminals or uh, or dictators in uh, in Central Africa. You know, he. he He can't quite see that all that well, but, you know, he always always gets the job done.
0: So it's Tiffany and Krista who leave Skip in first, with Justin and Dana leaving Ship in second, Kelsey and Joey in third, Tanner and Josh in fourth, Logan and Chris in fifth, Denise and James Earl in sixth, and Cindy and Rick in last. And teams must now travel by train to the Hargoo and find the Peace Palace the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in here may be eliminated. And did you notice how short this leg was?
1: Yeah, because they said the train... I think it was was it Denise and James Earls' train that was eleven forty-five? Even though they started they started the day at what was it six six thirty a.m. was when uh, they departed at the start of the morning. So yeah, really short day.
0: Yeah, Kelsey and Joey and Tiffany and Krista's train was at ten oh seven
1: from uh, Rotterdam. So less than five hours after they started the day.
0: Yeah, they would have probably finished the the leg at about half ten-ish, because I think it's only about twenty minutes from Rotterdam to the Hague.
1: So the Fourth of July was just sort of like a sort of the vacation for the producers by making it only a six-hour leg.
0: Yeah, and they they might have even pulled a American race twenty-six in Namibia and let them all have a meal together for Independence Day. We might see that at the start of the next leg.
1: Oh, I think you're definitely going to be right about that. That's a that's a good point because they started. Yeah, they finished the day there very early. I mean, if it was around noonish, And they'll probably make the pit stop about 24 hours long, would be my guess.
0: And Cindy and Rick get an indirect train to The Hague without Denise and James Earl. But then they get on the wrong tram and basically eliminate themselves.
1: I think they would have been last anyways, even with getting onto a... Wasn't the, the train that uh, Cindy and Rick got on with the two stops, wasn't it still going to put them further behind than Denise and James Earl?
0: I'm not sure, because the I know... We shouldn't read into the edit too much when it comes to racing to the pit stops, but it looked like Denise and James Earl were behind Cindy and Rick when they got off in The Hague. But mm-hmm. Cindy and Rick went, like, 20 minutes in the wrong direction.
1: Because, to me, the, cause the, what was it, seven minutes earlier?
0: Yeah, it was seven, seven minutes earlier, but Denise and James Earl's train was delayed by ten minutes.
1: Okay. Then, yeah, 17 minutes for two stops? Because I'm thinking, I know what it's like to... Go to my university campus direct versus with multiple stops along the way. And those stops can really eat up a lot of time. So, but the fact that you, that there was the 10 minute delay, which I didn't quite catch. I think then, yeah, then Cindy and Rick would have survived the round then if they didn't screw up for the third or fourth time. So thank God they did because we would not have seen Denise and James Earl anymore or sending Rick being on a tr- the wrong tram and being like this is the way to the hagu, right and then the lady in beach clothes saying yeah i don't ha- have you looked around who's on this on this tram i don't think any of us are going to the icc I think for going to the beach.
0: <laughs> so, Justin and Dana are yet again the first team to arrive, and they win probably the coolest prize in a long while, which is $1 for every step they've done this leg, which adds up to $31,873, and a massage for as many minutes as their highest heart rate at the time of checking in, which is 89 which is pretty cool.
1: Uh, it's, so, it's funny because it's so random too, though. That's the way it was all figured out. Like, it's it would be as if, oh, you saw, you know, you picked 30 tulips plus, you know, read two books on the train plus, you know, ate three crepes and that equals to 20, you know, 27 minutes you get to spend on this uh, on this roller coaster courtesy of Fitbit. Like, it just seems so random with how they determined everything.
0: What would have been funnier is if they would have said you get $89 for winning the leg and you get a massage for 31,873 minutes.
1: And it's the same massage that Amy and Maya got in, uh, in Amazing Race 25.
0: <laughs> Which I love more than anything. I loved looking at those screen caps earlier.
1: And yeah, and as you were saying before, Michael, if if only Amy and Maya got this prize uh, during their season, because Maya loved to do victory laps at the end of each pit stop, that she could have racked up a lot more steps before checking into the mat. And that's what Jess and Diana should have done as well. They should have just ran circles around Phil Wait until right before a team shows up and, and then just jump onto the mat, and boom, now you got $32,000.
0: Yeah, can you imagine them doing that and then Kelsey and Joey check in and win the prize anyway? <laughs> that would have been so funny.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, Justin Tangani, I mean, you got a 30 minute penalty. Please step off the mat.
0: But one very important thing that I actually forgot to write down with their victory this leg, they take first place in the season in terms of average now.
1: The only leg they haven't won in the past four rounds is when Denise and James Earl used their express pass, right? That's the only time they've been defeated by anybody uh, to the pit stop, uh, you know, since the end of uh, South America. That's pretty impressive. Tanner and Josh have really gone downhill. I think they're losing a bit of steam. I, I, I think they're just. in They seem to be enjoying more of the travel aspect because before it was like, oh, Tanner and Josh are way too competitive. You know, they're such idiots for not wanting to. Go over Victoria Falls for the for the robot because all they care about is the million dollars. And I'm thinking, well, they kind of want to win, so it's a it's not too surprising they did that. But now it seems like the reverse is happening, where they're not being ultra competitive and they're just enjoying themselves by <laughs> eating crepes and uh, drinking uh, French beer. Yeah,
0: it's it's quite impressive how badly they've been doing because they were in fifth at
1: one point in this leg. They were almost in, cha- in like, check attack territory. Yeah,
0: exactly. And as much as I would laugh so much if they get eliminated next, I wouldn't be surprised anymore.
1: No, I wouldn't be either.
0: Because they're not getting a winner's edit. I know we can finally start talking about winner's edit. They're not getting a winner's edit. Justin and Diana, maybe, although I did get the feeling this leg that they might be getting a fall at the final hurdle edit. Denise and James Earl would be hilarious winners. Kelsey and Joey, I did get the sense of a winner's edit this week, and I'd like to see Logan and Chris in the finals as well, but if the final four was Justin and Diana, Denise and James Earl, Kelsey and Joey and Logan and Chris, I wouldn't be devastated.
1: What what about the cheerleaders? Come on.
0: I know, but their record's just so bad. I know they've been doing really well recently, but as much as I love them, I can't exactly see them in the finals.
1: But they're athletic. They are,
0: and I do do like, like them a lot. Don't get me wrong, because Ben will hear this and then have a go at me for slagging them off, but I do like them a lot.
1: Did you see the way they double-dutched? I mean, that was some double-dutch onage. Like, if they were in the Mario Party minigame classic, uh, was it the Hot Rope Jump? Uh, You know, they'd be able to jump over the fireballs for quite a while, even when the fireballs would turn blue and speed up.
0: Yeah, I just... I can't see them winning. That's the thing. So yeah, Kelsey and Joey are second, Tiffany and Chris are third... Tanner and Josh are fourth, Logan and Chris
1: are fifth. Did you notice what happened with uh, Tanner and Josh checking into the pit stop? Uh,
0: Phil asked them where they were, and they actually knew, which I was quite impressed with.
1: Yeah, they, he, Phil was trying to bait a team into having a Nick and Vicky moment of being like, "What co- what country are we in? London? But no, Tanner and Josh actually answered this question correctly and said they were in the Netherlands, and Phil must have been sad that he didn't get to have a Nick and Vicky repeat. We're in the country of London and the city of England. Classic Nick and Vicky. I loved reading your
0: blogs for Tar 17 because you had never seen these characters really before. You'd been exposed to Mallory a little bit, Gary to a lesser extent, but you didn't know the origins. And now I do. Such a good cast. Denise and James Earl are sixth, and Cindy and Rick, the people's champions.
1: (laughs) Yes, they're the Rock. They're the Rock reincarnated.
0: The fan favorite team Cindy and Rick are out.
1: Yes. Um, did you notice? With Bill was also screwing with Denise and James Earl upon entering the pit stop.
0: I get the sense that they are quite big superfans, but because they're on a season with Justin, they don't look like it. <laughs>
1: James be- Earl, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna stop you, stop you right there. <laughs> you're, you're not last, even though I made you think you are.
0: I very. You know what I'm gonna say. I very much get the sense that they have seen every episode. Maybe not three times like Justin, but I think they've seen every episode.
1: Yeah, and then Denise and James are all while trying to be nice, but if it was any other circumstance, I think it would come off as a huge jerk move, but they just hang out at the pit stop as if they were unintentionally taunting Cindy and Rick running to the mat. And
0: clapping. <laughs> like I, was, just I was thinking this. It's just like... <laughs> well done, guys. Slow you finished. Push. You finished. Thumbs up from Denise and James Earl. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you thought you guys were going to beat us, eh? All, so all suspense
1: I... <laughs> ruined for you. <laughs>
0: Massive dick moment from Denise and James Earl, there. In all honesty, it was probably just because they they were in the middle of their match matchup and Phil said, oh, look, Cindy and Rick are there. Just
1: step aside for a sec, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's but, all yeah. like when James Earl hung out there for an hour and be like, Way to, way to go, Chuck! Chuck, Way to go. Yeah, seventh place champions. <laughs> seventh place goddesses. You did good. You did good. <laughs> nice try, guys. Better luck next time when we race to the hagu.
0: <laughs> so, what legacy do we think Cindy and Rick are going to have, if any? Oh, I,
1: yeah, because today I blogged the second episode of Race Unfinished Business with a man named Chris's elimination, and oh boy, I think Rick and Cindy, with having... They really had zero edit for the first six episodes leading into this round. And even this round, their breakout moment was Rick's lips literally breaking out all over his face. And, uh, and taking the wrong tram and the wrong bus, or, well, they were on the right bus, just, it was the wrong decision. And Cindy found Rick's idiosyncrasy sexy and, yeah, I don't think they're going to have any legacy whatsoever. I think in a long run, it is going to be up there with your Elliot and Andrews and Jeremy and Sandys and uh, Amanda and Chris's in terms of just teams that nobody is going to remember.
0: For the record, I I sympathize greatly with Rick and the Mosquito Bites, given my history when when I came back a couple of weeks ago, with my I got bitten alive when I was in Thailand and. Uh, I'm assuming it was mosquitoes, and my ankles swelled up, so I basically couldn't walk for three days. So I, I pity them for that happening to Rick, but, you know, at least it gave us a scene of them. At least it gave us a scene of them not sitting at a bus stop.
1: It's true. If they didn't have the mosquito bite, they would have had absolutely nothing. And the mosquito bite is, like, it's just that one tiny thing that viewers can try to hold on to, but they probably won't. It's
0: actually even funnier, because editors do try on Elimination episodes to actually show us where the team went wrong and try and show us a little bit of them so we remember them. They showed us, like, three scenes of Cindy and Rick.
1: Mm -hmm. And that was it. Like, even when they were trying to catch up at the detour thing with the ships, it's just the most boring detour task, so when they did it, they had nothing to work with.
0: It's actually funnier for the editors to think, hmm, what can we actually show them of Cindy and Rick in their boot episode? Um, Playing a video game. <laughs> yeah, we have literally nothing. So, next time uh, we get Poland finally. Is this the first time that Poland's been visited since season 11?
1: Since all the real All-Star season?
0: I think it might be. I can't think of another time.
1: I don't think it'll leave to it'll have as interesting of results of Justin and Candace puking and... Uh, Miss California, Charl- everyone. And- Miss California, yes. And, you know, Charlotte and Myrna doing Charlotte and Myrna things, but who knows? Who knows?
0: And it looks like we finally get a visit in the mothership of the classic salt mine that they love going to in Poland whenever any of the international versions go there. There is a salt mine that appears every single international visit to Poland that is in Krakow, and it looks like we finally get
1: a visit there. Chris can try to pronounce the name of the mine.
0: Yeah, there there is no chance that next week I'm going to be trying it. Polish is completely off the menu for me. I can do French, I can do Dutch, but eh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the name of the the salt mine, I'm afraid. Uh, We also get Pianos, and finally another Logan and Chris fight.
1: And of course... And for the eighth episode in a row, it looks like Jess and Diana will be getting a lot of airtime and driving the narrative of the season.
0: And I can think of worse teams that that's happened to. I don't mind Justin and Diana getting a lot of airtime, because I like them.
1: I don't either. I don't either.
0: Uh, So yeah, anything else to say about this episode?
1: No, I think we covered it extremely well. It was a good one with... Some amusing moments, none of which are really supplied by uh, uh, Cindy and Rick, uh, but
0: yeah. (laughs) And we are gearing up for podcast number 100 next week.
1: 100? Holy crap. Oh my goodness. Holy crap, we've made it to 100. And Phil Cogan will be joining us. Yes, we will have a terrible impression of Phil Cogan. And John Montgomery is going to be on the podcast, and Alan Wu. We're going to even have Pierre and Michelle.
0: So, thank you very much for joining us. You can join us again to recap the next episode on Podcast Number 100 next week. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, and even if you didn't, please give us a like on YouTube and subscribe and rate the episodes on iTunes. If you want to see what we're rambling about this week, you can tweet us at MJHarmstone and at LogSuperKawaki, and you'll be able to see Logan's blog on there, I'm assuming, within the next couple of hours, uh, both of which are spelled in the descriptions everywhere. And finally, if you missed our interview with Michael Michelle from X 26 that's also available on iTunes. See you next week.
1: Hashtag Yamcast. Hashtag One Point Six One. Hashtag Ginger Ninja. Peace. Peace Peace out. Eight out. Yeah.